in 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory. At the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 206 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. Because <laughs> we're just being us two, mate. Does it? Yeah. Um, yeah, as usual, Twitter at 77 Club Podcast, the Wall 77 Club, everywhere else. Just going to push YouTube again. We're getting close to a 1,000, Sam. So if you haven't subscribed, which 50% of people who watch this are not subscribed according to the analytics, please hit subscribe and help us get there. And also Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Uh, salt and pepper, fish and chips, pick and mix, all good things come in twos, Harry. And it is just uh, you and me this week. So, yeah, Shiv is in the comments already. The gruesome yes. twosome, completely agree. Um, right, I mean, where do we start? Because, uh, you know, we, we hate those kickoff times on a Sunday anyway. I think we saw it as a potential six-pointer, um, and that's what it turned out to be, just the wrong way around. I mean, so, Leicester come to Molyneux, not in the best of form. Brendan Rodgers under a lot of pressure this season. They seem to be turned around because they're beating the teams around them. Um, you know, they, they smash Nottingham Forest and... They smash Wolves as well. Yeah, well, we spoke last week, didn't we? And we were all doom and gloom. Tom, we had Tom on. He said we'd lose 3-0. I think I predicted a loss. You, tongue-in-cheek, said we'd win 5-0. But we knew it was an important game. We, it was similar to the field-up to Forest, where it was a must-win for us, really, um, with the way things are going after losing to Palace as well. And I'll be honest, mate, first eight minutes... We were flying at them. I thought, oh my god, like this is this is really good to see. This is what we need. But then, as soon as Tielemans absolutely, I mean, the, the finish. Oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was 
it's one of them where you can't even criticize. Well, maybe you could criticize Johnny for the poor clearance, but when he just pings it top corner like that, you just got to take your hat off sometimes. And what 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 do we know about Wolves this season? Every time we go a goal down, we just crumble. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that goal goes in, I just thought to myself, that's it. And yeah, I think to been, me, that is it. <laughs> it's been like that, I think, for quite a long time, even back probably the back end of the Nuno era, even when, you know, that that fight doesn't seem to be there anymore. It hasn't been there for a very long time. And like you say, I think their heads go down. And psychologically at the moment, when we scored as few goals as we have this season, you, it, it's an uphill struggle straight away because you're thinking, well, I don't even know if a draw's on the cards here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even towards the end of Nuno's reign, you still had a, a little suspicion that we'd uh, show a bit more fight than what we do now. That That's the worry for me. And as I say, some of the chances we had, that that Pedence one, uh, Costa had one like clear off the line, didn't he? So yeah. even though we were having these chances, I still didn't feel like we were going to score. It's, it's bizarre. I think we ended up having 21 shots on the day to Leicester's five. Yeah, They end up scoring four. <laughs> and Four and on target, yeah. So it, It's clinical. But at the same time, it was easy. It was yeah. easy because Johnny at right back had one of the worst games I've ever seen him have. He got absolutely tore apart for um, the Harvey Barnes goal. Like I don't know. I don't know. I think his ACLs have just finished him, mate. I think he's uh, finished. We we criticised Samedo for his second half performance against Palace, but I think Johnny was even worse than that against Leicester. And it's it's very worrying on that right side and just so easy, mate. And it was a very very depressing afternoon. A lot of people were saying, and I think they probably had a point in part, that it was some of the better football that we probably played this season, ironically, on the back of the 4-0. Weirdly, yeah. Like the first, like yeah. I say, first eight minutes for the goal. And our heads did drop. So for large portions of the game later on, we didn't really do much. But certainly the first opening moments and the beginning of the second half, we showed a, showed a, you know, a bit of promise. But again... It's all right passing it about, but then once we get to that final third, you just never think we're going to put the ball in the net. It's as simple as that. Pedence's chance, great dummy by Costa. You just it comes to him. You just know he's going to snatch at it and try and welly it. Whereas we need someone with a bit more composure. He's just going to place it into the corner, and that's just what we're lacking completely. And it was just a horrible afternoon. And to top it off with, uh, obviously Madison's goal was good, but when Vardy obviously taunts <laughs> the North Bank with his celebration as well, and. Just, I don't know what's going on, mate. It's just all, uh, it's all in the depressing state, isn't it? Steve Walton Wolf in the comment section. We just lack confidence. Neil says, "Hi guys, you have to remember we've been unlucky with injuries and not scoring with the amount of decent play we've had." You know, I, th- I think Neil makes that point, Harry. And was it sixty-one percent of possession? Obviously, it does depend what you do with it, but it's not like Wolves didn't have the ball. Yeah, we had, but we had the ball. Like we said, we had chances. But even Collins come out after the game, didn't he, and said. It was abysmal. He he, he, yeah. he feels ashamed to be a part of it. It was, we've just got no, like in defence, it was just so easy. And in mm. in the final third, we were lacking completely. We like we were awful all over the place. We were having shots that you just never felt like they were going to go in because they were miles out a lot of them. And the chances we did get into the box, I think uh, Costas didn't Costa break a record for the most shots inside the box without scoring a goal, something yeah. something like that, and. Still, he doesn't look quite at it either, does he? He still hasn't no, really yeah. hit the ground running for us. He shows like he cares. He gets the crowd going, but it's not happening for him at the moment. 
it, which is unfortunate. In terms of people showing like they care, and you, you mentioned him already, and I think he was the only person to really come out um, at the final whistle, but also on Instagram, I think, after the game, saying, you know, it, it was shambolic and that was Neil Collins, shows that, you know, at least somebody has a little bit of a fight and actually some guts to come out and and do it because, you know, he's been through it last year with Burnley um, and he stayed in the league, Burnley didn't. But the, these are the sort of characters that you need in this situation. And I know that I gave Ruben Neves a hard time on Friday on the podcast saying that he's mm. doing an interview saying that, oh yeah, he wouldn't be interested in going to Barcelona. I think Collins has shown more leadership because it's, it's easy being a leader when things are going well, but when things are tough, that's when you need people to stand up, isn't it? In the dressing room, you know, people who are going to be influencing the Hugo Buenos of the world as, as they're sort of cutting their teeth in the Premier League. Yeah, and Shifts just said Neil Collins. Did we say Neil? Nathan. Oh, no, sorry, Nathan Collins. <laughs> yeah, I'm Nathan Collins. Collins. Neil Collins, but yeah, that's even worse. But yeah, mate, in terms of leaders, it, it was, I suppose, and I think Collins was one of the only ones who was apologising to the crowd after and things like that. And we've got rid of, obviously, Cody, Sace, Ollie, then Donker. We're kind, you're kind of looking around and thinking, apart from Neves and maybe Collins, that where are the lead, where have the leaders gone? Like it's it's there's no fight there at all, and it, it's concerning. And I put out that tweet, didn't I, mate, uh, earlier on our podcast about saying, yeah. honest, I can't believe I'm saying it, and I'm kind of eating my own words and admitting maybe I'm a bit wrong. But I want to go back to a back five because we're just leaking goals for fun. We don't look like we're scoring anyway, so we may as well try and be solid at the back. I know we're going to have to probably have Totty Gomez in there with Kilman and Collins, but we haven't really got much of a choice than to try and do what we used to do under Nuno, which is mad to say, because obviously we're trying to get away from that style and we've spent loads of money to try and get away from that style, but we're in a desperate time. And you mentioned leaders, mate, and there aren't many there and a lot of players do not seem that bothered and they don't seem like they've got the fight because they know come the end of the season or come January in Neves' case, they're probably going to be leaving anyway, a lot of them, especially if we go down. A lot of it seems to be spilling in to the fan base who would normally be going. So I picked up on a tweet from Jason J, 1987 on Twitter. He's very, very good value normally. Um, and he tweeted, I think, on it was on Monday morning. So he said, so yesterday I got up and got ready to go to football, had my train booked, was about to leave and saw the weather was horrendous. Put off leaving for five minutes, which became 10 and then 20 until it was too late. Really, I didn't want to go. So we just got back into bed. And w- did you ever think that Wolves in the, the Fosun era would be making fans, you know, th- literally think twice about going when when everything's ready to go? You know, your trains are booked, you've got your tickets and, and whatever. I could never have imagined it really being like that under Nuno. They were poor games. I always think of that Brighton game. Um, mm. off the back of being in Europe and then going obviously <laughs> into the pandemic and stuff. So be careful what you wish for in that sense. But it, it does seem that more and more people are sort of going, oh, oh no, I'll give it I'll give it a miss this time around. And, and to be fair, it wasn't even like this game was on TV. Mm, and, and we discussed it the other week. We're finding it a bit of a chore at the moment to make our way to games. And with the decisions that are being made by Jeff, Scott Sellers and all the rest of them, which I'm sure we'll get onto. And seeing that some of the players don't seem that bothered, it is hard to go in, especially with the lack of goals being scored. At the end of the day, it's an entertain entertainment business, isn't it? And yeah, yeah we always go and watch Wolves. We will, you know, it's in your blood a bit, isn't it? It's a, a tradition. And 
but it's hard to go and it's it, it's a chore to go and I mean some of the away fans I went down to Palace I felt sorry for them like mate, you just don't want to do it do you? there's no excitement there and I don't that I agree that that tweet that the lad put about I'm just going to stay in bed I'm sure a lot of Wolves fans feel the same at the moment and if it carries on that waiting list is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller for a season ticket. <laughs> and just to, just a caveat on on JC did reply saying by 11 a.m. I was really annoyed with myself as I've never missed a game before without a good reason. It's usually the highlight of my week, and every uh, every week revolves around Wolves. It's a sad state of affairs that this team has me feeling like this. I will be back for Brighton. Um, yeah, so let's have a look at Scott Sellers very quickly before we go on the five at the back point, Harry. Um, somebody tweeted a picture of um, his tactics, which I think were either on a whiteboard or a collection of printed out football pitches. Um, <laughs> shambolic, I think, is is kind. Yeah, well, when the, the, the story kind of first broke from the Express and Star podcast, Liam Keane, wasn't it? He, he was the first one to point out that Sellers is sat in the stands with an earpiece in, giving instructions or just being an extra set of eyes for Steve Davis because obviously we're, we're lacking on coaching staff and, and things like that at the moment. And then Tom, obviously, he's he season ticket, is right behind that area and he confirmed it. And, and then there's a bloke who took the picture, which is probably the picture we're using now on the thumbnail for the podcast, where they heard him making decisions about substitutions. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. But what's annoyed me a bit as well is that unless Steve Davis is lying, because he came out after the game and said, no, no, I make the final decisions. Is he lying? Is is that not true? Is 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 Scott Sellers not actually involved? They need to be more clear with us, don't they? Because the fans are getting really angry, chanting in the stands saying Scott Sellers make a sub, like jokingly. <laughs> but they need to tell us what's going on because the bloke, as we've discussed before, has not covered himself in glory with, with some of the decisions we we're led to believe he's been involved with, and now he's all of a sudden involved with tactics on on the pitch. It's just incredible. Like I just don't get it and. Do you blame him? Do you blame Jeff Shear? I don't know, mate. It's just bizarre. I don't know what you think about it. Well, the book has to stop with the people at the top. I mean, if you're going to sack somebody, and yeah. fair enough, I think everybody backed the sacking of Bruno Large, but it was, I think, always on the basis that you have a plan. You have a plan A, and we don't have a plan A, and we certainly haven't had a plan B after Lopetegui said no. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a director of football. You know, you look at the at what Newcastle are doing. Obviously, they have the money to spend, which makes a difference, but they're not buying superstars at the moment. They're not spending silly money on players. Mm-hmm. I think the most they spent was for, uh, was it Isaac, which was um, 60 million, something like that. A lot of money, but it's not, it's not Man City money. It's not going into the hundreds of millions of pounds. You're not buying Jack Grealish or, you know, the, the next superstar. And is it uh, Dan Ashworth at the top? Move from Brighton from memory um, mm. pulling the strings and, and getting the, the transfers in that provide harmony within the squad and, and they're working as a team I mean I watched them at the weekend and they were superb against Spurs uh, yeah. really really good especially when you think this time last season they were looking at relegation potentially and look how far they've come mm. it does annoy me to see people like Sven Botman who we've been linked with for about yeah. a million years doing well and, and contributing as well but, but I, I think, you know, you need the structure and we don't have that. And and just, to, I know the Talking Wolves did the SACE interview, didn't they? And yeah. it's what he said to come out, whereas he was like, he wanted to stay. Bruno Large wanted him to stay. But then Jeff and Scott were like, 
now, mate, and just offered him like a terrible deal. So, and there's a few. I mean, you, Cody was on Talk Sport again today, and he said that they yeah. literally never said a word to him in the summer. He just like kind of worked out himself that he was going to be the, the one that's left out when they go to a back four. So he had to go to them and say, look, I'm not happy with this. But they just seem like they're dealing with everything in a really bad manner. And it, We always mention Jeff and Scott because they're the ones that we're led to believe who are making these decisions together. And it's the Scott seems to be the one that Jeff trusts. And he's making, like with the Adama loan deal, that was terrible. Now we're led to believe that Neves might be going in January. And when the likes of Neves are seeing this, looking up at the hierarchy and what they're doing, treating Cody bad, treating John Ruddy bad, treating Sace bad. They probably treat Bolly bad as well. And the players aren't stupid. They see it and they're making the club rotten at the moment. And it's hard to get behind the team and connect with the club. We, we always mention Laurie Dalrymple, don't we, on this podcast. When he yeah. left, that seems to be the, the point where it started going a bit downhill because when he was there, when Farewell was there, everything just seemed to be like a, a smooth running machine didn't it and then yeah since they left no connection with the club jeff turns up every so often doing an ass wolves and you just don't know what's going on um it's, it's absolutely bizarre and something has got to change because those two are going to end up having to get the sack i mean someone put in the comments i'll scroll back up about uh Fosin, was the expressing star put that article out about uh they're struggling they, they might be uh looking to sell so if it carries on like this they might look at it and think, well, it's not going very well. Are we just going to sell now? We're just going to sell walls. The thing is, say, if, if selling the club was on the agenda, then they've they've missed the boat. There's yeah. no, there's no, you know, selling a, a relegated championship side and selling the side that's just finished 10th in the Premier League, those are two completely different price tags. You know, yeah. they, they've missed the boat already in, in that case. Unless they try and sell it in January and then that's just smacks of desperation. There's no plan again. So, you know, you're looking at this investment firm that's, I think, from the comment section, has lost 50% of its value. Um, you know, Chinese-owned company and investments, what is obviously class for them as overseas, having dropped massively. This is a big problem. And I think for our WhatsApp group, Harry, when you've even got Jack, who's ever the, the optimist oh, yeah. in terms of staying in the league, this is the first time that, that he was saying, oh, actually, I think this, you know, this could be, a relegation scrap and, and I haven't seen anything so far this season to suggest otherwise. Yeah. And when we would discuss things, especially early on, we would all laugh about the fact that we might get relegated. We'd joke about it. We'd be like, no, yeah. come on. We've spent hundred million. The, the quality of players we've got. Yes. We've had a few injury problems, but there's no way this team can go down, even if it's a bit disjointed and we can't really get going. But we're at this point now. And with the added problems of what they've done with the managerial situation, getting rid of Bruno Large with no idea, like you said earlier, now everyone's worried. And now, especially with the way before, I think to get absolutely dicked like that against Leicester yeah. is when people are going, oh no, like we are in trouble. We've got Brentford and Brighton to come up. If we don't win any of those, we could, we could go down. And when the players on the pitch are starting to show like they've got no fight and they don't care, it's a big, big worry. And what is the future of Wolves if we go down? Because... I've got no idea and it don't look good, does it? No, I mean, so Neil in the comments at 7.46 says, tell the players they aren't going anywhere if we get relegated and maybe to play in the championship might get a bit more fight out of them. I mean, to be honest, Neil, knowing our hierarchy, they probably put relegation clauses in there thinking it was never going to happen. They'll <laughs> just be on their bike anyway. Um, but I, I, I don't, I think, 
I think going down now and potentially losing the, the owners and the backing that they have provided, in fairness, over, over time, it's not like they haven't spent any money. It's been mm. poorly invested sometimes. We've got a £36 million striker out on loan at the moment. Um, William, sorry. I, just... I think I would, do you not think that would be it? That would be That would be championship for a generation. Probably. It, it would be... It's not as bad as when we went down back in the day, but it, it's starting to get to that point where it's getting really toxic, isn't it, in and around the fan base and that. So it could be one of those where everything just falls apart. The owners want no interest and we're down there for a while. But I just want to say, Sam, we didn't touch on it too much last week. We kind of skipped over the Nuno thing. So when we got linked with Nuno, a bit of a controversial one, but all of us in the group chat were like, yeah, let's get him. Just because I know we we, we were gutted when he left. I know me and you were when he, when he left at the time. Yes, it got stale. It probably was time to move on. But what you got under Nuno was an identity and you always felt like, well, maybe not the last season or so, but you always felt like we could beat any team. And we need that now. Like, like we said earlier, I would go five at the back on the weekend. Yeah. I would just go back to what we know, hit teams on the counter-attack just to survive. So bringing Nuno back would have give us that. He'll keep us up doing what he does. Yes, it's going to be boring, but at least we're going to get results and not be losing every week. So would you entertain that, Sam, if they brought that back round and said, right, let's go and get Nuno? I know it's not going to happen. But I, I definitely would. I mean, to be honest, I... I at the time that he left, I was I, I thought it was the wrong decision, and I'm on the record saying that I, I didn't think it was the the right decision because the plan to bring another manager in wasn't there. The managers that I think the caliber that Wolves should be looking to appoint weren't available. They're never never going to really spend the money on compensation. They're going to dip into the Portuguese league, which is where they've gone for the players. Um, but was there something? I think Jack sent a tweet through saying um, that something like his background staff they wouldn't pay for his oh, background staff to come in. Yeah, or it was it's, really it's a large that... group of players, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, obviously, we don't know what to believe. But there was one rumor that Nuno didn't even get a, in a, approach in the first place. But there was also that he did. But then the club said to him, "No, no, no. We're picking what coaching staff you bring him back. You're not having your old staff." But it's what do you, can you believe that? We don't know if that's confirmed, but with what's going on with Scott and Jeff and that, I believe anything to be honest. <laughs> what do you think the difference is between Villa and Wolves, Harry, aside from uh, the Villa board and making the Wolves board look like a, a bunch of amateurs at the moment? Going going out, sacking Steven Gerrard, uh, thrashing Brentford 4 0 the game after he's sacked, and then they go and get Unai Emery in straight away. And I don't think there was even a week between the sacking and the appointment. Yeah, well, I'll, just, I'll get this comment up. He's saying there's no there's there's no outstanding candidates left, and then they go and Villa go and do that. So it's just bizarre, mate. It, it, you, get, you start to think with Jeff, does he actually know what he's doing? He's appointed <laughs> Nuno, who obviously was a great appointment, but before that, Zenga failed, Lambert failed, Bruno Larges failed. Can we trust the bloke to make the the correct decision with a manager? And I think because he got Nuno and it went well. And we had a successful time. I think the the fact that it was going well got to his head a bit. And I think he was wanting to make all the decisions. That's why we got rid of Dalrymple. That's why we got rid of Farewell. And he just got people in and around him who would just agree with him and not question his decisions. So I'm very worried that Jeff Shee is the man who's going to be making the managerial decision. I probably think they're waiting for Lopetegui to become available. That's probably why he said, look, 
we'll wait until 2023, give it Davis, and then they're probably hoping that Lopetegui will take the job in January, which is very risky. It's not enough time. Yeah, it's. I would get someone in now. I mean, Deich was on <laughs> Monday Night Football that <laughs> maybe get him in, but I think he's linked with the Leeds job, isn't he? If Jesse Marsh gets sacked, but would you take Sean Deich? Is that? I would. Is that I desperate? Would. I, I, it, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. He's absolutely desperate. desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't known a more desperate situation for uh, it, during the Foson era. Put it that mm. way. Um, I saw a, a tweet from. JG on Twitter and it said I remember going to games believing we could beat anyone that's no not even an exaggeration and it was um off the pack, back of the Wolfpack Howlers tweeting remember these type of tweets from bet 365 like they were yesterday and it's went to Northern Ireland one went to Armenia one went to Italy one went to Turkey one went to the Etihad one went to Slovakia one away days Wolverhampton Wanderers style and picture of Nuno and that seems like a lifetime ago since you know you've seen all these stats about counter-attacking yeah. and the goals and the the giant killings and you just think what has happened yeah and I think Nuno was um What's, what's the what's the term? He did so well, and then it come back to bite him on the ass when we had a bad season because we were all like devast, like you know, we were all unhappy with a thirteenth place finish. It was boring yeah. to watch. Don't get me it wrong, was, but yeah. tell you what, you take it now, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's yeah. one of those be careful what you wish for moments, which a bit, bit, it's a bit hypocritical and a bit I don't know what the word is because at the time you probably listen back to the podcast. We did want Nuno to stay, but we were slagging off the football every week. Let's not, mm. let's not get it wrong. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like like Shiv said in the comments, Daesh will play Nuno-esque footy, but isn't Nuno, so get it done. Because going back sometimes is probably the wrong thing to do, isn't it? But we just know that would be a safe option. So I, I think I would take Sean Daesh. Yeah. I miss the Nuno days now. Obviously, you look back with fond memories. There was there was boring moments, like you mentioned the nil-nil against Brighton. We, we always struggled to break down teams we should have been beating. But it's the magical moments he brought us and... I mean, I want it back now. And yeah. fans are moaning on Twitter saying we shouldn't have got rid of Cody. I still think the Cody thing, although it's horrendous that we've loaned him out and the option's 4.5 million. Again, Scott Sellers is behind that decision apparently. But I still don't think he... Um, I, think, I think it was time for him to move on. But I just think they should have kept the Sace or Bolly or even both. And, you know, mm. maybe even Den Donker. Don't get rid of them all at once. It was a bit like... We needed another defender to stick around because the Dawson deal fell through. So it's just all these decisions, mate. It's it's coming back to bite us on the ass now. And so if we don't sort it out, the, the worst is going to happen. Uh, let's have a look at the five at the back. I mean, you put a team out uh, social media today, and I would say probably ninety nine percent of the people that saw it and interacted with it said, "Yeah, do it." So just run through that very quickly, and and then we'll obviously talk more about Brentford because this is the mm. team that you want to start. Yeah, so um, the team I've said, it's one of those. So when we used to play under Noon, obviously we played the 5 3 2. And you think back to that second half against Man City when Adama got the two goals. That was like obviously a magical moment. So I was just thinking of that, of him and Costa up front. You've got to have Totti, Kilman, and Collins as the three because you're not going to play Yerson, are you? Bueno left wing back, Samedo right wing back. That's a controversial one. People were saying. Can we not go into the under-23s and get someone because Johnny and Samedo are so bad? But the three in midfield, Mafias, Nunes, Neves and Babacar Traore. And I think the tactic is, mate, just soak it up. And I put on the tweet, desperate times result in desperate measures. And it's right, isn't it? Yeah. And like you said, everyone was... A few people come at, like, criticised a bit saying, oh, so you, you want to go back to the Nuno way? And as we've discussed, yeah. 
because yeah. because we're in trouble. And some people will say they'd start Guedes instead of Adama because Adama's not a striker. But if you're playing on the counter, I'd probably rather have Adama up there for me. Some people said they'd start Huang over Costa. Would you do that, Sam, or would you give Costa? Another <laughs> I player? wouldn't have. I wouldn't have Huang no. anywhere near the starting eleven personally. Um, and obviously, I think Matino has uh, been poor, so that's why I wouldn't have him in the free. But yeah, mate, it's it's. I think it's the way to go. And uh, if if you'd have, if we'd have said back in the summer, this would be the discussion we're having now. At this point, I'd have been like, no way, come on, the, the four's going to be okay. But we're playing the back four. We're not scoring goals. We're shipping goals in for fun. At least try and get that base and get that solid back line again, hopefully. And obviously, Bournemouth away up next. Um, both teams pump Brentford. four nil. Brentford, you know, pump four nil um, as well. So, <laughs> how do you think this one's going to go? Well, it is. It's, it's a big game, isn't it? And. We won there, did we? We won away there, didn't we? Two one, um, in January, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Matinho scored. I think we played five at the back that day, and Totti Gomez was in there. So if we do do that, hopefully it's a repeat. But it, it's a tough game. Obviously, Ivan Tony, unbelievable player. We've got to try and keep him quiet. He always uh, sees to pop up with a goal like he did that day against us, and is huge pressure again, mate. Absolutely huge pressure, and um, we need we need a lift. We can get a result there. They're eleventh uh, in the league. They're beatable, but with the attitude of our players and the way we've played lately, I'm not confident. I don't know about you, mate. I am not no. confident to get in the victory. No, I look at the fixtures now, and I just think, especially between now and potentially a new manager coming in in January, <laughs> it's just you look at it and you go, I actually don't know. Because where we should have been picking up three points earlier this season, you would have put nailed on Bournemouth away, should have been three points. And if, if Raul had finished that chance, Scored. we wouldn't even be talking about it, would we? Uh, Fulham at home, you're thinking you need to be... For me, if you're an established Premier League team, you do need to be looking at, at beating promoted sides at home. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I think five at the back is the way forward. Um, there's that gap now, isn't there, that's starting to open up. So Leicester up to 17th, 11 points. Um, Leeds, Wolves and Nottingham Forest all on nine between them. And and the thing that is going to probably count as an extra point at the end of the season is the goal difference because mm. our goal difference is minus 13. Well, they got uh, smashed, didn't they? Was it Villa beat Brentford 4-0 the other day? Yeah, but their goal difference is okay. To be fair, Brentford minus three. You know, they, mm. they seem to... To do okay on that on the score in front. Um, so, you oh know, Forest, Forest minus fifteen. Bournemouth is the only one of the one minus fifteen as well. So you know, third worst goal difference in the league. I completely forgot about this. Shivs, but it was the drone game. Remember that when the drone delayed it for like fifteen minutes. Oh, Brentford yeah. away. Who got one chalked off as well? VR yeah, was it true or? I remember the one thing I do remember from that game was Totti got sent off and they overturned it, didn't they? That's it. Traore had an offside, yeah, yeah. which was an offside, but just shows. I mean, a lot of the players that played that day are still knocking about now. So <laughs> hopefully, we can put the same performance. People are saying in the comments, Brentford are a different animal at home. Be really tough. I agree with that. But I just feel like if we can shit house it a bit, and uh, you know, but that's the thing. I say be good at the back, but Collins and Kilman, although they were really good before Collins got suspended. They look really, they've looked really shaky, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> lately. Yeah, so Totti's a bit like hot potato when he plays. He's, a, <laughs> I think he's done okay, but he's a bit raw, isn't he? And a bit, uh, 
I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but like he, he makes me nervous when he's on the ball. So uh, Ben says I'll be surprised if Ben says I'll be surprised if you get one point um, before the World Cup. And those games wow. obviously Brentford away on Saturday, and then we have got uh, Brighton at home on the fifth of November, and then it's Arsenal at home. Um, on the 12th, which is the last game before the World Cup, and there's obviously the, the third round uh, cup game between Leeds in between that, but unfortunately, we don't get any points for those. So, three point, uh, three games. How many points do you think? You're gonna, um, I think you should give a different score prediction again, Sam. You had five no Wolves last week. What's your prediction for Brentford? I just, I, I think, I think 3 1 Brentford in the start, actually. Really? You think we're going to score? <laughs> we could do an our own goal for Brentford. Uh, what about you? Um, if we play five at the back, I'm, I'm going to be positive because there's a lot of negativity around our fan base. I'm going to go in my heart and say we're going to scrape a 1-0 Costa 88th minute header. But they're going to have like load of chances. We're going to be hanging on. That's my that's my dream prediction. Can you believe I'm dreaming about scraping a 1-0 win away at Brentford? That's what it's changed. come to, isn't it? Yeah. Oh dear. Um, there's been some fixture changes, um, actually. So the the Villa game, which had been originally scheduled, uh, Bank Holiday Monday, which is the second of January, that's been pushed back to, uh, 48 hours to the Wednesday night. So it's an 8 p.m. kickoff now, just to allow a little bit more time um, for recovery after the World Cup. Uh, first round of fixtures on Boxing Day. Obviously, Wolves got Everton, as we just mentioned. Then, um, so. I think the is it the Manchester United game New Year's Eve that will now mm. kick off at an earlier time, so that's at on half at half twelve. Uh, as that's on BT Sport. Um, let's go from the real world of football to the fantasy world of football. Uh, Harry was desperate to talk about this because <laughs> apparently his team is doing well, and I think we need to both grow up, don't we, Harry? Because I think we've yeah. got more or less the same team name. You are into Yanan, and I am also into. Yanan, uh, spelt slightly differently. Uh, but you're top of the league, 820 points. Yeah, so we do do this every year and we used to give out prizes, but we don't anymore. But I thought we might as well mention it, mate. And people listening may or may not be in our fantasy league, but 820 points top. Ted Bayliss in second, who's obviously Dan Bayliss's uh, relative. Yeah. But, mate, I do this every year and I always usually give up after a few weeks, but I'm literally top of every league I'm in. I am... I, it, out of all the Wolves fans on the app, there are so I reckon there's probably about hundred thousand Wolves fans who play it. Probably, do you reckon? Is it in, around that ballpark? Yeah, I'm twenty fifth. I'm twenty fifth oh, wow. out of all Wolves fans <laughs> on it in the world. Which they've got to be. How many do you reckon in the world play the FPL? Millions, million, millions. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in three thousand five hundred and tenth. Oh my god! Look, I'm starting to get to the point, Sam, where I might actually win the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah. but knowing your luck, you'll win the Wolves one. You'll win a season ticket for next year in the championship. That's <laughs> yeah. a drawback. But what it is is every decision I've made is just I've just got so lucky. Like I put Almiron in before anyone else did type thing. Just like just fluke. I've had Zuma in. They won one nil the other day. He scored. I've, obviously, everyone's got Haaland, but captained him at the right time. It is it is a fluke, but just thought I'd bring okay, it up. So, it, it, who's in your team? Uh, so my last team, I've got 82 points. I think yeah, oh, that's another thing. I've always got more than average, which obviously you, I think you've got that's it. For the first time in your life, mate, that is. Yeah. <laughs> so my team at the moment, Saar, Trippier, Zuma, Gabriel and White, two Arsenal defenders. Obviously, they've done well, haven't they? I'm shocked you're Eze. doing so well with Saar in goal. Like yeah, well, yeah, he saved a penalty against Fulham yeah. and obviously saved a penalty against Forest, which was loads yeah. of points. 
Uh, Eze, I put him in the other week. Obviously, he scored against us. Yeah. He scored the week before that. I've got Adama, who obviously scored against Palace. De Bruyne, Andreas, who scored for Fulham. <laughs> like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Almiron, who come in for Darwin Nunes, Harland and Kane. So, basically, what I'm trying to say to you, Sam, is if, if Jeff She is listening, <laughs> you've found your new director of football or manager, if you want it. Yeah, you've just got to spend 500 million on that on Harry's, Harry's team. Uh, I've got... I've got an, I've done this, the classic, which is like pick all the names, pick the names you know. Um, completely the opposite to what you've done, to be fair. So I've got Edison in goal, Trippier, Ben White, Van Dijk, Bernardo Silva, Saka, Rashford, Milner, Kane, Harland, and Jesus. Nice. You know, you it's, it's a team of yet? big names. I haven't used that yet. I used no, it. No, still too. got. All, you haven't used my wild card yet. Would have used that in probably week three normally. So <laughs> doing, doing well on that front. <laughs> But yeah, let's see what happens at the end of the season. Oh, I hope you, if you can win the Wolves one, it'd be interesting to see what. Oh prize my god! Yeah, do you get anything? I wonder if you get anything. You must have. So they must twenty fifth. Maybe you get I'm just excited because I've never done this well. Like I say, I usually give up, but yeah, <laughs> something. To, I thought it was something positive to talk about because we're just well. So yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah, so at least we're getting goals from. No one, in the, no one in the comments has mentioned they're in it, but uh, yeah, no, never too late to join. Uh, perfect. Right. Okay. Well, um, we'll leave that there for this week. Um, I mean, hopefully we can be a little bit more positive next week off the back of a, a resounding win at, away at Brentford. Uh, you never know. Strange things have happened. Uh, but we'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Yeah, I just want to say, obviously, hopefully we're back to a full house next week. Sorry, it's only two of us this week. We have tried, haven't we, Sam? Yeah, we, we have did. tried. We do tried. <laughs> talk, talk <to laughs> and uh, yeah, let's hope it's a bit more positive as well after a win against Brentford. Cheers for everyone in the comments. Please subscribe if you haven't, because it'd be nice to get to a thousand subscribers with a bit of a milestone. Yes. And yeah, um, cheers, everyone. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thank you. Ta-ra. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.